Jenny is here to talk to us about workplace impact using NHA. Jenny Cranis is a Nurtured Heart Advanced Trainer who's been working with families and schools for years as both an educator, consultant, and coach teaching the NHA approach. And that's what we're going to learn about today. She was educated in this method under Howard Glasser, the psychotherapist who developed it. Initially, it was developed to foster the inner wealth of intense children, but it isn't just applicable there. And NHA, just so you know, in a nutshell, it doesn't focus on what we don't want people to do. It focuses on what we do want them to do. And it's a real switch in our mindset. So today we'll be talking about that workplace impact using NHA. And I just want to welcome you, Jenny. Hi, thank you so much, Faye. What exactly is this method? How do we do it? It's really rocket fuel that gets us to being able to connect in a meaningful and experiential ways with other people. And when we're connected like that, we become much more productive, much more effective in all areas of our lives, both professionally and personally. Including the workplace. So let's talk about how we would apply NHA in the workplace, because when you first hear about it, it might sound a little bit new age, maybe a little bit airy-fairy. <laughs> so what do we actually need to do? It's about the intense and really basic need we need as human beings for connection and recognition. And particularly, I feel in a professional life, this is a very pertinent point. We show up to the workplace with our talents, with our skills, with our competence, it's really meaningful in order to take those talents and all those things that we embody and make them flourish and make them as productive as possible, they need a place to shine. When we start looking at other people as having those things, we start to look at other people in a very different way. So it's really about recognition, appreciation, and clarity of rules. So tell so us about those rules. How do we do this? While they're intrinsic and without rules, this approach does not work. Absolutely not. It's not the place we start because we do want to have a connection within ourselves. And most of us don't find epiphanies from hearing what we do wrong and neither do our colleagues. It's as simple as that. So we start with recognitions and there's different types of recognitions. One type of recognition, for instance, is what we would call an active recognition. And what an active recognition is, it's when you simply note what you see or hear or you observe. It's a verbal snapshot, so to speak, without any interpretation or opinion. So you're not adding in what you think about it, you're not evaluating it, you're simply saying what you see. And why this works is simply because it gives a message that the recipient of being recognized is worthy of being seen. So tell me one. Okay, so an idea would be, I see that you came prepared for the meeting and organized the material in a way that everyone is able to access quickly. Great. I did not say you did a good job. I did not say how marvelous you were. There's no need to be a cheerleader. It's simply really noticing what's going on. Another thing, you ask maybe a staff member, you ask somebody to get you a file and bring something to you. Hey, I noticed that you really made it your business to get that file here quickly. Recognizing the effort, because they could have been in the middle of something and they dropped it and at the end of the day, they helped you. You can also recognize not only, say, almost behavior, but you can even recognize intentions and feelings. 
I noticed that you have some very strong beliefs and views on this position on this case, for instance. So you're recognizing the conviction, you're recognizing the feeling behind what's going on and the intensity. Now that could also be said when something is being said in a positive way, someone's yelling because they're so excited about something and they feel very passionate. It also is recognizing if they're ticked off about something. If they're saying, you know, this isn't going well and this is not going right, that whatever they're saying, simply saying, I really hear your strong feelings on this point. You're meeting them where they're at and that allows a connection of being seen and being heard, which is invaluable in all relationships. And I would say particularly in a work sense, in a workplace. So tell me about the next one. What is the next one anyway? Experiential. Yeah, experiential <laughs> recognition. That's really tying an experience with a meaning. So it's really how we download what we see in others and what it says about them as a person. So now we're actually adding a little bit of meaning into the action or whatever we're seeing and observing. What that looks like is, I noticed that you were prepared for the meeting and organized the material in a way that everyone had easy access. That shows your efficiency and your attention to detail. So now we've actually told them that they're efficient and they are attentive to detail. We've put, a, we've, we're doing name calling. We're adding we're, adjectives. We're adding adjectives, but not only adjectives, we're adding adjectives with meaning. So you're being authentic. This is not something where you're trying to make up something that doesn't apply to the person. You're trying to genuinely say what you're observing and seeing. Absolutely. And before we go further, Faye, I would even add on here like this, is that the key to the nurtured heart approaches success is authenticity. If you mean it, people feel it. If you're giving lip service, people can smell a rat a mile away and you will be looked at as insincere. It will not come off well because you don't mean it in the truest way possible. So all of these have to be, because really what I do in my workshops and we don't have, is get into what's the truth of what's going on. Because if somebody is bringing you their material, and is making it easy for people to organize and see. Maybe it's no big deal in terms of what we would expect somebody to do for, for others. At the end of the day, the truth is, it still takes time, it still takes forethought, and they could have made a choice not to do it. Right. And so it's recognizing that and being authentic, not in, wow, you jumped over the 500 yard line. It's being authentic into being connecting with the person. You can also use different examples in the language that you're using. I see that you've, you've said basically a person needs to choose the type of language that feels authentic to them in order to make this a successful approach. Absolutely. So another way of rephrasing that would be, hey, you got all the papers here on time. You got all the materials organized, way to go for your efficiency and your attention to detail. Totally different delivery, different personality. This is customizable. <laughs> you do it according to your own voice. That's why it's an approach and not a method. And, and we're also third... going to be giving people a handout so that this is all very new. It might be a little bit 
hard to grasp everything because it's just verbal at this moment, but with the handout, you will be able to see these different types of responses that you can do. Absolutely. And then there's another thing that you can add on, which I sort of touched on in terms of experiential recognitions. We can add on to what we call a proactive recognition, which is taking experiential recognition and not only mentioning what is happening, but what isn't. The one thing I would say with the proactive recognitions, which is a little different when you apply it in a workplace versus home relationships, or particularly if you have children in your life, is you want to make sure it works in the scenario. You could have decided to sit on the couch and eat bonbons, but instead you decided to write the brief last night is simply not going to work. (laughs) Not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. So make sure it's congruous in who you are and what your thoughts are, but the connection is guaranteed when it's authentic and when you truly take the time to think about it. So let's just talk a little bit about that. Why is the nurtured heart approach so important? Well, first and foremost, I think it's hugely effective. It works. It works and it's empowering. And the reason why it works and it's empowering is because the one thing that we all crave as human beings is intimacy and connection. When we do that, when we interact in meaningful ways, when we are connected in meaningful ways, we become energized and empowered, both as the deliverer of the message, as the person who's doing the recognizing, and that's because we're opening our eyes and seeing the world in exciting new ways then the recipient feels energized and empowered because there's hearing that they're more than just what they do. They have deeper levels that are being recognized. And then it goes back to the deliverer again because they get a great response and connection. And you become empowered as a professional, but not only that, as a human being, in affecting positive change and positive impact. That is just incredibly exciting. To me, it seems like if you can get your mind around it and start this approach, it will be a really positive, empowering type of language to be using. And I have tried it. I've found it quite effective. It is something that takes your mind shift, though. You do have to get your mind around it and take the time to observe and respond to people that are around you. So what would you say gets in the way? Well, I think we have to go back a little bit to the basics here about nurtured heart approach. There are three stands when we discuss nurtured heart approach. The first stand is absolutely no, no energy to negativity. That does not mean we don't solve problems. We don't sell our souls to the negativity. We don't discuss problems just to delve into the negativity. And when we're done, we don't compost that energy. The second, so that already goes against our natures because we spend so much of our days solving problems and troubleshooting and anticipating problems that we're almost hardwired to look out for what's going wrong. That's the first stand. So the second stand is absolutely yes. Absolutely yes, noticing and recognizing what's going right. That's a very proactive and purposeful stance. And that is something that does not come natural for a lot of people because that takes mindfulness. It takes thinking about things sometimes on a deeper level. And it also sometimes takes us being inconvenienced in a physical way or an emotional way 
to take a step back and then be able to see what else is going on rather than the maelstrom of problems or conflict in our lives. It takes energy. The third stand is absolutely clear rules and boundaries. So when I deal with, when I'm dealing with families or schools, we're talking about home rules and family rules, but in a, in a more personal level, because I've been using the approach on myself as well, when we're talking about on ourselves or for other adults in the workplace, we're talking about clarity of what our rules, what our boundaries are. And that takes time for us to be able to clarify for ourselves what are our rules, what are our boundaries, where do we, where, what are our yeses and what are our noes. Often, in order to understand what our yeses are, you have to start with the nose. So when you ask me what gets in the way, we are hardwired to focus on negativity. We think about the problems in order to solve. We have to take that thinking and then turn it on its face and rewire the way we think. Very often, we have personal feelings and expectations. Yeah, I would say in the legal field, there is a huge need for justice. This is what the profession demands what's just, what is right. And nurtured hard approach when you're dealing with human beings is not only about what's just and what's right, it's about what works. That's hard to let go. It's not fair that they just told me off and I cannot tell them off right back to their face. That might be true, but it might not be effective for you. So we're talking about effectiveness. Total effectiveness. And what's so cool about this is that when you're effective and you're also not emotionally tied into the negativity, it is the most empowering thing in the world because you affect change. You become more excited, which makes you more productive. You excite and enlighten those around you. They become more productive as well. And I could say even from a classroom experience, this is not a legal thing, but when I use this in a classroom, focused on this as a really important part of my curriculum, by the end of the year, I had to write curriculum for the last two months of school because I was able to teach so much more. I didn't waste time on the managing interactions. And that goes on in our adult lives and in corporate worlds too. There's no question. There's a lot of time wasted on interactions rather than actually productivity. So now, how would we begin to develop and practice this skill that we're, we're hearing about for the first time? We're new to it. We're obviously not going through a workshop. This is kind of like a small bite to get us used to the whole concept. But I can see that even if we were to do nothing more than the act of recognitions and start with that, we would see immediate results. Absolutely. And I think like anything, like anything in life, Start small. Incremental steps make everything that much easier. If you're, you know, someone trying to lose weight, for instance, and they have particular longing for, for Belgian chocolate, you don't tell that person to take Belgian chocolate off their diet for the rest of their lives and they're never going to see it. Make it easy for them. Take away other things. Maybe cut out the soda instead of the chocolate first. Make it easy. So what that looks like in the workplace is your hardest nut to crack, the colleague that you're butting heads with the most, your toughest client 
it's maybe not the, the one who really wrinkles you the most is not the place you want to start because you might find yourself too emotionally enmeshed in the beginning. Find someone that it's easier for you to recognize, learn the practice of looking at what's going right, of noticing what's going right. And then secondly, take small aggravations throughout the day, small things that are going on, not the big blow-ups the smaller things, and learn how to emotionally divest yourself from those. Because if you start with those small things and you emotionally divest yourself from that negativity, you will eventually, it's like muscle building. You build it up and you build it up till eventually you're able to be a heavyweight champion. Do when like, you have this person that's really annoying you, and it's but it's not a big issue. So maybe you've asked this person to do something small, like replace the paper in the photocopier and it's uh, consistently running out and it's always at the most inconvenient time for you. So how would you handle something like that? Where would you go with the nurtured heart? You're, you can't go to negativity, so you can't say anything negative to this person. How would you handle it? So right there, the premise is focusing on the problem of the paper, the copy machine. So that's not where I would go with that person. What would you do? I would find other interactions with this person to connect with in positive ways. Maybe they're not replacing the paper, but maybe they're cleaning up after they pour themselves the coffee. And you can notice that, hey, I really appreciate how you left the coffee station clean. So something small. So this is really taking, and the more you're doing and you're interacting, even if you don't say it to them initially, even if you just say it to yourself initially, and then build up to say it to them, you're noticing the things that are not the big, even though the paper is a small issue in the scheme of the day with the law practice, it's the big issue with this person for you. It's the pet peeve. I start with the small things and I notice it. Now in terms of eventually, if you've been doing this for three, four weeks and you're noticing things going right that are not this and the paper is still not getting replaced, clarify your, for yourself what are the rules? Whose responsibility is it to replace the paper? Is it the responsibility or is that just your expectation of them? I don't know in each particular workplace who it would be. If it is their job and they're not doing it, you can simply be clear without negativity. Hey, I noticed that the paper's running out. I need you at two o'clock every day to just do a quick check on that. That would really mean a lot to me. Make sure the paper is full because I got copies going at five o'clock every day daily and that would be a huge help. But at that point, you've got relationship in the bank with that person. You've made deposits. So, so that you've invested. You've invested. It's not just looking at one part of the relationship. You're basically using this approach to enhance the relationship in a much more holistic way. So when issues arise, you're in a much better position for you to discuss it or set a rule or to make the choice, I guess, if you don't want to deal with it. It's not worth the emotional investment or the rule, but that goes back to the rules, I guess. You have to be clear on your rules. Can you ever modify them? How does that work? You can have as many rules as you want, but make as many rules as that you're going to enforce. Because rules are only rules if they're consistently enforced and that you are clear about them. So there are times that things are just annoying. As I said, let's take, go back to that paper example. Maybe right. it's nobody's job to replace it. Maybe it's because you just wish they were doing it. It could be that each individual is expected before they make photocopies to check the machine and fill it up. 
and it could be that they did so. Their job is not to fill it after they're done. So having a rule that they should be doing it for you if that's not company or firm policy might not be a rule that you want to have. So you get clarity. You get clarity about what you want, who's to do what, the structure, your workflow, your work processes. So I imagine that's part of what we can expect if we do this approach. Like we're looking at building up our relationships, connecting with people more deeply. I just want to clarify, like when we started at the beginning, we were saying, you know, it leads to a more deeper connection. It is a deeper connection in a professional environment. We're not talking about a deeper connection that's going beyond the professional boundaries. We're talking about enhancing your professional relationships so that you can get to a place where you have each other to support, mentor, whatever you are looking for from that particular person. So it basically is taking the work environment and really enhancing and empowering you within it. Absolutely. When we talk about connection, we're talking, as you said, about professional connection. And that is why, particularly in the examples that I'm using, I did not delve into words that I would use more in line with our intimate, more intimate relationships with our friends and family. Using terms that are connecting and empowering and have professional usage are completely great. You can even use words such as being thoughtful and considerate. What you probably would avoid is warm and loving. Give us some examples of things you think would be inappropriate, just so it's very clear. That's a good question. Well, things that when you left the coffee station clean, it really showed how you're such a loving person and you really care about other people would come off as being highly inappropriate. Right, (laughs) right. other, Other types of usage, I think saying... Getting into, you have to also know you're within the professional context, who you're speaking with. Is it a colleague of the same professional standing as you? Is it somebody who is maybe doing an apprenticeship under you? So you're in more of a mentor capacity. So that's a more like a teacher. So that has to be thought about and evaluated, determined based on the type of relationship that you're engaged in. A superior Also, there's going to probably be acknowledgement, but with a little more deference. So, But you can still use this approach with a partner or somebody that's, uh, say, if you're not at that level, somebody that's got that kind of standing in the firm, you can still uh, recognize what they're doing. Because I think that does increase the, the value of the relationship and it makes them notice you in a way because I don't know how many people actually take the time to do that. So I think you would really stand out. Absolutely. It's just, as I said, the language needs to be thought out a little bit if it's, as you're developing your technique with this approach. So an example would be if you have a superior who asks you to prepare presentation for a meeting for everybody, and afterwards they say, hey, you did a good job with that. And, you know, just very mildly, thank you for presenting. So coming back and saying, I really appreciate how you took the time to notice the information that I presented and the feedback that you gave me. It really shows how you're investing in my performance. And I'm really looking forward to doing this again. So rather than just saying, you're welcome, 
you can engage in a richer way. And again, you can play with the words. So what would you say we can expect? We take the time, even if we do nothing more than the act of recognitions and we apply them liberally throughout our day, what do you think kind of results we would expect to see here? Well, really, this is about, again, being the approach and being authentic. And I cannot emphasize this so much. Expect energizing and empowering on all sides, your side, the recipient side. Productivity, as I said, increases tremendously. This, though, really works as much as you're invested in it. It's as simple as that. If you invest a little time, as much as I invest in this approach, that's what you get. The difference with the approach is it always works as much as you invest in it. Also, it doesn't take that much to be able to do the act of recognitions. It might take a little bit of thought, but you can also write down, we could provide some adjectives for people to just look at, to be able to think about that would be applicable in a particular situation. Have a few sentences that you have prepared ahead of time that you think would apply, that you can modify in a situation, just so that you've given it some thought. And then when you apply this, it'll begin to flow a lot more easier. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting. There's a couple of different exercises that people can do. One is I used to keep a list of the words, of different words of qualities of people next to my bed. And in the morning, before I, after I brushed my teeth and was about to leave for work, take a peek at the list and look at the words. And I guarantee within a half hour of being in the workplace, you will see a demonstration of those words in some form or another. And it is absolutely remarkable how that always works. Thank you for coming on today, Jenny. It's been a pleasure to host you. Her Legal Global, empowering and transforming us through skills and shared wisdom. For other great episodes, follow us and be sure to check out herlegalglobal.com for a community, informative skills-based articles, and to work with me, your host, Faye Gelb.